in three, two, one. Kindness is not always seen as a priority in the workplace, especially as it can contrast with the traditional image of a successful entrepreneur. Haven't we been told that nice people finish last? Office culture can be cutthroat and competitive, leading to hurtful criticism, lack of collaboration, and miscommunication. However, now we are increasingly talking about well-being in the workplace and bringing an authentic quality to our work, being gentle with ourselves and with others around us. And to help us understand the ROI of kindness is the Kindness Catalyst author, speaker, Linda Cohen. Well, hi, Linda, and welcome to the podcast. We're delighted to have you. I'm really happy to be here. Thanks so much. Now, where are we talking to you from? Where are you today? I am in the Portland metro area. That's home for you? Yes. Oregon, actually. Oregon. Yeah, not not the other Portland. There are two Portlands. Portland, Maine. Exactly. Yeah, Portland's a lovely city, lovely town, and Oregon's a beautiful state too. So the Oregon coast is beautiful, just a little chilly. It does, even in the summer. Even in the summer. Yes, even in the summer, you better have your coat. Yeah, that's exactly right. Now, Linda, you're known internationally as the Kindness Catalyst, great name, and you've been speaking and training organizations on the return of investment, their ROI that they can get from kindness now for over a decade. And your new book, The Economy of Kindness: How Kindness Transforms Your Bottom Line, awesome material and lots of nuggets inside that book. Why the book? What did you see that, hey, this would be a good solution to? So I just heard enough stories in audiences from managers and leadership around a lot of the topics that I talk about in the book. And I knew that when you're a keynote speaker, maybe you get an hour, maybe you get two. If you're lucky, you get a deeper dive with an organization, but I put everything I wanted to share in the book so that it would be a tool and a resource for leaders and managers. Do you see a problem of kindness? We look at our society today and it doesn't seem as kind as it used to be. It seems a lack of manners, seems a lack of decorum. We look at our politicians, we see the language, the disrespect, people online, we see young people being trolled. Are we getting better at this or are we getting worse at this? So I feel like this is an important question. I do feel as a society, there is some struggle with leadership and style of how people are in the world and maybe unkindness and civility. But I also feel that there is a showcasing of that. I mean, if you watch 24-7 news, you will see every bad story from anywhere in the world that's happening. Now, because of the work that I'm doing and speaking to audiences, I know there's kindness happening every single day around the globe as well. There are heroic acts happening. There are businesses, companies, individuals, communities that are doing incredible acts of kindness just as part of their day-to-day life, work, what have you, but that isn't what gets talked about. So unfortunately, I think we have a little bit of a catch-22 here because we aren't necessarily hearing it or seeing it as much as we're hearing all the bad news. So I do have to say that I know there's still kindness happening in the world, and I know there's a lot of it happening. It just isn't what people hear. So my goal, and, and of course, the people I surround myself with, I think are the people who are choosing to make their social media platforms more positive. They're not engaging in the diet tribe conversations. They're trying to be leaders or managers who elevate the kindness in their worlds. So yes, there may be more unkindness, but I also think it's what's getting talked about. Yeah, I think so too. It's where we put our time and our energy and what makes news and the news by its very nature is negative, right? So people want to jump on those bandwagon and we we definitely could use some more kindness. So we're so glad you're out advocating for that. Now to understand kindness, we also kind of need to understand 
unkindness. Why are people unkind? Why do we have tendencies to do that? We're good people. In your book, you talk about kindness being innate, that we're born with it. It's a natural thing that we have. So what's driving the unkindness in the first place? Well, part of it, I do think, is some of the social media platforms allow you to be anonymous and really not realize the weight that your words have on another person, the darkness that you are spreading with your mean words. That's a huge thing. We know that's happening in schools with bullying and social bullying. But also, I think there's this sense of people right now and maybe globally feeling overwhelmed, Mm. tired, and exhausted. And actually, it was a question that I asked Michael, my audiences in the last year. I asked, what holds you back from being kind? It was one of the things that I was curious about. And really, the top things had to do with time. So when we feel stretched and exhausted and overwhelmed, I think one of the first things to go is perhaps our kindness. I don't know if you, as a parent of seven, might have felt that way in some of those years when you were not sleeping, right? The same thing happens when we're parents, is that we snap. We have a very limited ability to engage in a way that's kind. So I think that there's a piece to that. I don't think people innately are less kind. I just think that maybe we need the reminder. I walk away from an audience and especially because of my topic, I'll ask, name the last time a manager or coworker was kind to you. And immediately hands go up. People are willing to share something. It could be something that happened recently, or it could be something that that person remembers from a decade ago, a time when a manager or a coworker did something for them. I had a nurse recently tell me she got a handwritten thank you note in her first shifts as a nurse from a higher up manager. And she still has it. She said, I could go put my hands on that right now. It's in my office. It's just meant so much to me for all these years. So it doesn't have to be a lot, but it could be something that somebody in that moment just really receives and really appreciates it. No, we'll talk about some of the things that they can do immediately to kind of start fostering that within the culture and within organizations. You know, I always view myself as a kind person. My dad and mom were British and we were raised with manners and raised to be kind. But I've also know that I've been unkind and not so much to strangers. It's more to the people we love. So yes. uh, maybe I've snapped <laughs> at one of the seven and my partner, my wife, and I say something or I'm feeling irritable. And it usually is because I'm tired and feeling overwhelmed. And it's not their fault. It's not their bad. It's always a, a projection on my part, right? But nonetheless, it has its consequences and it tends to foster more of it. So when you're doing it, it can create that whip back and it's contagious, I think, right? So yeah, I mean, both kindness and unkindness are contagious and people will mirror what they see. So it's almost Mm. like when you see somebody and I've had people come to me, one of the first questions I had when I got stumped in an audience was, well, we have a manager who's unkind. How do we deal with that? And I wasn't sure exactly when I first started talking about this, what to tell them. And really, the bottom line I've come up with is to love them with kindness. Because I think anybody, even if you see something on social media, somebody who puts something out there that is unkind, nasty, vitriol, whatever that is, I think that person is hurting. And that person, something is going on for that person deep down and they could use your kindness today. And if you kill them with kindness, you will absolutely see that that you'll either see or hear, or maybe you have a story like this where that's happened for you and that other person eventually can share why that was so impactful for them at that moment. Yeah, and that's a tough one. I mean, when we look at some of our leaders and political leaders where we see unkindness or just through disagreement on particular issues, but to take that empathetic approach and go, hey, where'd they come from? What's going on? Because we don't know how they were raised. We don't know what's happened in their lives and what their experiences. I just wanted to say right now, Michael, with the global pandemic, I say that no matter who you are standing next to, every one of us is shouldering a burden right now. That's invisible. You don't necessarily know what that person is going through, but 
but just that act of kindness for them in that moment, your coworker, somebody who you are seeing is irritable and acting that way. How can I take the burden off you? Is there something mm. I could do for mm-hmm. that? Just that ability to see another human being, know that they are going through something challenging. Maybe they've just lost somebody in the last couple of years to COVID, or maybe they were caregiving for someone. Any of those reasons could make them be unkind. And just that humanity, I think, could also be the right touch at the right moment. I think it's being present too, right? You've got to be present and aware and realize that, hey, this isn't personal and that they're going through something. So what can I do to add value? Great point. Excellent point. This episode is sponsored in part by Rainmaker Digital Solutions, featuring ActiveCampaign. Looking to drive growth with customer experience automation? ActiveCampaign, the number one marketing automation platform for e-commerce, B2C and B2B companies, gives you the email marketing, marketing automation, and CRM tools you need to create incredible customer experiences. ActiveCampaign is the platform we use to reach, nurture, convert, and grow our business, and you can use it to grow yours. You can see why 150,000 plus businesses like yours choose ActiveCampaign to help them grow and become preferred in the markets they serve. You can also start your free trial by visiting our website and clicking on the ActiveCampaign trial link. As a bonus, we'll also give you a digital copy of my book, Becoming Preferred, How to Outsell the Competition. And in the interest of full disclosure, I am a shareholder in the company. And back to my conversation with Linda Cohen. Now, as a sales marketing guy and speaker, working with companies, we're always looking for strategies and techniques to improve margins and profitability. So what struck me and what was interesting with your work is the discovery you had and what a role companies could and how they could compete and gain an advantage by incorporating a policy of kindness or creating a culture of kindness in an organization. How did you discover that? I mean, I got into this work so personally. So I know you haven't asked me that question, but I will talk about when my work morphed from merely talking about kindness as personal thing to really working with businesses and organizations, which is about seven, eight years ago. I have always been fascinated by customer service. I have Mm -hmm. always, as the customer, always noticed when someone went above and beyond. I have often been the person who will call out a manager just to say, hey, this is what your employee did, much to the chagrin of employees sometimes who think I'm going to tattle on them in some bad way. I've always been fascinated by that. So I think I realized that there was a piece of creating a culture of kindness that had you really looking at this and how is this going to affect your business? First of all, if you treat your employees a certain way and then they go and treat the customers that way, you will have a win-win in your organization. And it started fascinating me, businesses that were doing this and organizations that had been focusing on that when I started really digging into it. There are amazing companies within the United States, I'll say, who that was really their mission. That was really something that they were building their organization on. And people talk about them. So one of my first questions early on was, what business do you love? of going to because you can feel the culture of kindness happening at the organization. Now, over the years, there have been a lot of different companies that have been named, but it's fun to hear why. And it could be a mom and pop pizza shop. It could be a local tire store. It could be a big chain organization that we all know. doesn't matter what the business is. It really matters what the culture is that's been set up for the employees to really go that extra mile for their customers and know that they'll be supported by the managers. 
that's a very interesting point. Now, in your book, and it kind of nice segue into this, you talk about kindness being the true trickle-down economics that organizations can experience. And you kind of just touched on that a little bit, but it must start at the top, I'm assuming. Absolutely. We saw it a lot during the pandemic. Right. I saw leaders who were truly authentic with their staff. There was a story in my book about a, a British CEO running a healthcare organization, and she posted something on LinkedIn probably six months into the pandemic. She was really struggling. She'd had a Zoom call that day. And she shared this on LinkedIn in a post that she'd had a Zoom call where she cried because mm. six months in the pandemic, she's supposed to, to be leading a group of healthcare workers. And she was so beyond overwhelmed that she didn't know how to do it. And so she posted this LinkedIn and shared that. And first of all, the people on the call were also very supportive. Other CEOs saying, yes, this has been overwhelming and, and sort of sharing that with her and letting her be authentic. But the replies that she got, I think it was like 40,000 replies wow. or people were really wanting to hear authentic leadership and were supportive of her in the fact that this had been overwhelming for her too. And at Christmas that year, she posted again and I saw that her staff gave her a button that said kind but badass because her <laughs> leadership style had truly been authentic throughout right. the whole pandemic. And I think that's what people were really looking for during this pandemic was leadership that was saying, hey, we've never been through this before. We'll take your ideas. We want to know what your thoughts are. How could we all get through this together? And I think that was really leaned into during the pandemic was authentic, real, honest conversations Absolutely. and ideas coming from all over an organization about how to move forward. Well, and you address that. The other issues and strategies you talk about in the economy of kindness is clear communication and compassion are the superpowers corporations are using to excel in their adversity. Do you have an example of that at all with some stories? Yeah, yeah there was a story that came out from Marriott at the very beginning of the pandemic. It was Arne Sorensen. He was the CEO of the Marriott Corporation at the time he was going through treatment for pancreatic cancer. And he told his board of directors he wanted to record a live video for his Marriott employees because he knew that the pandemic was going to hit them hard and they were going to have to shut hotels and yeah. he knew there might be layoffs. Nightmare. So he recorded this video, even though he was bald, even though his board of directors wasn't really super excited that he looked the picture of health for a CEO. It was a very honest four or five, six minute video. Here's what's going on. He didn't sugarcoat it. He was honest, transparent. I think the information he was sharing with them was pretty beneficial. And for me, it really highlighted him being completely upfront with what was going on. This was March of 2020. Right. What I didn't know until later, actually, even until after I wrote the book, is that he was really, really sick with pancreatic cancer. He ended up passing away in February of 21. Right. So he stood in that place despite what was going on personally for him and professionally for his employees, and he, he was vulnerable. And so I think that that was just a, a really truthful way to communicate what was going on. And I know that wasn't the only video that he recorded, but that sure. was the one that caught my eye about you, how he was leading. Do you think authenticity and vulnerability are a new thing for leadership? It seems like to be a strong leader, we can't show that it might appear as weakness. But on the other hand, it really does show strength. People have been saying that kindness is a weakness for years. Ever since yeah. I started talking about kindness, that's what I've heard. And I absolutely believe, I think the pandemic has showed that authenticity, vulnerability, and kindness are not weaknesses. They are you being a human engaging with your other employees, other humans in a real way. And I hope that that will be something that comes through this pandemic and we begin yeah, to leave. That would be a nice positive. I was reading in Harvard Business Review and preparing for this conversation with you, and they talk about four ways kindness impacts your bottom line. So I wanted to see what kind of economic impact, and of course, we want to get your take on it. But according to them, the stats, 550 million workdays are lost each year due to stress on the job, just stress. So you got your workdays. 60 to 80% of workplace incidents 
complaints, disagreements with coworkers, et cetera, are attributed to stress. And 80% of doctor visits are due to stress. So the stress is linked to health problems ranging from metabolic syndrome to cardiovascular disease and mortality. So kindness does have an impact or lack of kindness. In your book, you say that kindness can be a game changer for organizations and individuals. What do you mean by that? Absolutely. If somebody leaves your organization because they got a better job opportunity, that's Yeah, that's thing. fine. Yeah. That's fine. We're all going to probably come through an organization. We may not be there. In the old days, maybe we stayed at a company for 40 years or something. That doesn't necessarily happen these days. But if people leave your organization because they don't feel respected, they don't feel like they're part of a team, they don't feel like they're valuable in your organization, that is going to cost your company. So if you create a culture within your company where people are recognized, are seen as important, they're, they're listened to, if there are changes that need to be made, they feel that they can share that with their manager or their leadership and maybe something takes place. I think that that's the kind of a culture you want to create. And what has to start with you knowing your people. I can't say walk the halls anymore because we don't necessarily have that, but you're available. You do town hall meetings if we're in a remote hybrid situation. There are just ways that you open up and make sure that things are getting shared and both ways are talked about. Yeah, well, there are. Um, I thought of actually, as I was just saying that to you at the beginning of the pandemic, there was a small company here in Portland, and I wrote about this in the book as well. They were maybe less than 100 people, but their headquarters in downtown Portland was sitting empty. And many of the employees were telling the CEO that they were struggling with childcare because at that time we were working remotely and children right. were not at a school, right? And right. so parents right. who were working. So they mentioned this to the CEO and he decided to turn their headquarters downtown Portland into a little school. So all the parents with school-age wow. children could drop their kids off at the school. They got a teacher. <laughs> it was multi-ages, but yeah. they were able to have some school time so that the parents could go back to their home offices and work. And I remember when I heard that or I read about it on LinkedIn and I yeah. ended up talking to one of the women at the organization. I thought that was a fantastic idea. Yeah. If their child care, transportation or other things are issues for your organization. I speak a lot in long-term care and staffing just shortages in general exist. And then yeah. everywhere now, right? Yeah. So how are you addressing what the biggest hardships are for your staff? So. Good insight. Well, there are definitely lots of good reasons why a culture of kindness can be beneficial and profitable. Do you have any examples you share with us or work that you've done where companies have transformed themselves for maybe that didn't exist, but a couple of steps that they took and maybe what those steps were in order to create a culture of kindness? I know many organizations that I've worked with don't have a very strong recognition program. And after working with me, they decide that that is a big, important piece of how they work sure. with their staff, whether it's verbal recognition at huddles or team meetings and making sure that they do that to really important recognition that's happening on the organizational level. And it can't just be little stinky little things. People don't necessarily care about the pizza party, about the little trinket you're going to give them. Really, I think they want to be acknowledged for the work they're doing. And sometimes that's pay. Sometimes that's PTO. Sometimes there are other things. Maybe it's professional development, tuition. There are other things as well that could go along with recognition programs that could go beyond the pizza party and the pin. So. Sure. Well, recognition is a big one. And it's finding recognition that's going to be a value to them as right. an individual basis or on a one-to-one -one basis versus just a broad brush and, exactly. and how that works. Now, I you think some companies are actually starting to do that. They're really starting to create recognition programs as well as just benefits that are individualized, personalized rather than group-wide. Yeah. And I think that's probably a good thing because now you're finding things which are of value to me. Like if you're offering me benefits that I can't use or for my kids and they're all grown and out the house, that's a useless benefit. So why pay? for it. And I'd rather have a different benefit. Exactly. So, yeah. Now in your work, you maintain that a culture of kindness can improve team performance and company morale. 
acts of kindness strengthen employee engagement, kindness practices help build stronger organizations, acts of kindness. What are easy ones for us to do? That everybody can do. In healthcare, I know I've seen nurses, I've seen leadership walk around, especially during this pandemic with snacks or creating opportunities for people to take home a bottle of milk or eggs, things that were really kind of hard for people to get at the beginning of the pandemic and they were feeling so overwhelmed. Thank you notes. I mean, I can't tell you yeah. how many organizations, a handwritten thank you note from a higher up manager can mean a world of difference to somebody. Like I said, that nurse who got it from, I think her nurse pre It's a lost art. It's a lost art. And extra time off, spontaneous time off has happened. I know that sometimes that could be kind of an act of kindness. Paid time off. Paid, yeah, yeah, yeah. Paid time off. But it's like a holiday falls on a funky right. day and you end up giving somebody some extra time or a full week off. I've heard of companies during this pandemic. I'm out here in Portland and I'm pretty sure Nike gave a week off sometime during this pandemic. Paid week off fully so people could actually be unplugged. So that's another thing. Just making sure that your employees are able to take their time off and be covered when they're gone, which is hard when there's staffing shortages for sure. Mm -hmm. uh, food, food is always a good one, but I would have you consider it be healthy food, not just sugary food, because right. I think that, that isn't going to sustain your employees as well. But even maybe making meals come in already ready for the person to take home for the evening. So they have meal for their family too, could be something. No, that's a good tip. Um, no, there's uh, lots of ways you could acknowledge your staff. Often it comes kind of organically from within the organization. Something you have to get your head around it. Most people think it's a good idea. When we talk to audiences from a sales point of view, I'll often ask a show of hands, somebody send out a thank you note to a client or a customer because it works that way as well. Right. And a few hands go up, but not all. And I say, well, how many hands ought to be going up? Right. And there was one lady in the audience and she put her hand up and she said, I'll never forget her comment. She goes, what could we write on the thank you note? And I said, what comes to mind? And she goes, thanks for the business. I went, I love that one. Run with it. That'll go good. But saying thank you and sincerely and authentically and maybe the small gifts or something that can be meaningful in today's world, right? Oh, well, one thing I will just, I'll just add one other thing, which sure. is that a lot of yeah. companies will do an intake form from the employee when they start. And I know that a leader might go back and look at these. What's your favorite restaurant that you go to? When's your birthday? What's your favorite color? Things that are really specific to the employee. So mm. when they do want to do recognition, they go back to the form that says, this is going to be a personalized gift for my employee because they've already told me these are things they like. Yeah, good and tip. Yeah, good. You've got all that internal intelligence, so why not use it, right? We try and do the same thing with clients where we see them moving or a new job posting. What can we do to help them out? Assuming that everybody has their tough days. I don't know what happened to you in the morning. I don't know what happens later today. We just don't, but we're all trying to just function and kind of get through things. Now, you describe a formula for kindness and you have kindness equals engaged, empowered, and energized employees. Just talk about that for a little bit. When you have employees who are struggling because work is hard, even a small, simple act of kindness. I'm talking a lot about healthcare because this year I've been doing sure. a lot of work. It applies everywhere. Yeah. So kindness goes both ways, both the giving and the receiving of it. Mm -hmm. There are benefits in whatever role you're in. So we have a family friend. Mm. She's a young nurse. She's working on a floor here in Oregon at our state hospital that is an oncology floor. So there was a lot of protection this year to make sure that COVID didn't show up on that floor. And she and her nurses did gift baskets for the emergency room nurses who also nurses also have had a really hard year, but, but the oncology nurses felt like they'd had an easier COVID year than their fellow nurses. And she told me it was really fun asking for donations to get those things together and to gift them to their fellow coworkers. So I think that it's 
it's fun no matter who you are. And I'm sure that you've had this. You gift something to somebody and you just know, like you're excited for them to right. get it. Because yeah. it's like the right thing and you just feel like it'll be fun. And you can hear the joy when they receive that gift. So I think that's the thing is really, like you said, being aware of who you're with, being aware of people you're standing with and getting that kind of fun little opportunity to say thank you in a fun way can be, yeah, can be really unique. It's noticing, I, I write about this too, it's like with my wife, I try and notice what she notices when I'm with my daughters, I, I look at what they notice. Mm-hmm. And if I see them stop and glance and look at something, I'll make a mental note and I might pick it up and two months later, I might send it to them. It's not about the money, it's about the noticing. And how did you remember that? And I get lots of positive comments for it. And it's fun to do. The nice part about it is good karma, right? right. It generally perpetuates itself and you get more kindness and gratitude kind of goes along with that. And it also gets rid of hard feelings. I remember one time I had a roommate in college and we just did not get along. We were completely opposing personalities. It was the worst roommate of all time. And we were just on each other constantly, constantly. And then one day I came in and all my shoes were taken out and polished. And I looked and he had them all cleaned up. They were all nice and polished and all done. And I sat there and I just went, oh man, I can't believe it. But it was like an instant heart melt. So I did the only thing I could possibly do is go back the next day and I took all his shoes and did the same thing. And after that, we were buddies. It was like, okay. And not going to be close, but buddies enough to where it's cordial, right? So it does help break through barriers. And we're seeing that now when we see what's going on worldwide in Ukraine right now, we're seeing lots of unkindness, right? But we're also seeing lots of kindness. Oh, incredible kindness. I have heard some beautiful stories coming out of Ukraine. And I think that's the other thing. If your listeners are only hearing the bad news, I would suggest they Google good news because now there are a lot of news stations that are devoting newsletters, time shows to sharing good news only. It started during the pandemic. I started at the beginning of the pandemic. I was calling it a kindness pandemic. I really was. The first two months of the pandemic. I couldn't even keep up with all the stories that were so positive happening as people were helping each other. We've never been in this situation before. And unfortunately, that did not last. I saw a sort of slide back to that after George Floyd was killed in May of 2020. And then it sort of just went back to collectively sharing only bad news. But there have been some things that have stuck that have shared still good news happening. One thing I love about America is we might be divided and we fight over silly things. But when something happens and we get unified, I remember when Jessica McClure fell down the well in Texas years ago, that's going back. But everybody worldwide, globally, we're all hoping for this little girl. And so left and right and center and everything in between are all hoping for this little person or the miners in South America or Thailand, people were trapped in a cave and we're all watching what's going on when the space shuttle blew up. Whenever there's a difficult situation that happens, it's like, look for the heroes. I think that's Mr. Rogers. And you will always find people. There's hurricanes in the United States because I think that's our DNA. Our DNA really is that I want to be helpful. That is, as a human race, what I would like to be. And I have the capacity to do it. Sometimes I am just tired, overwhelmed, exhausted, or I've had some really bad trauma in my life. And now I'm just an angry person. Exactly. Kill them with kindness, like I said. Kill it with kindness is a good approach. And it's being mindful so that you can, it's like if somebody cuts you off, our instant oh. knee-jerk reaction comes from the amygdala. We want to let them know that we noticed it, right? And sometimes it's in an aggressive way where we have to be really 
really focus where that triggers a pause maybe so we don't react right away. And it's probably a habit, isn't it? Oh yeah. I got into this work because I took on a thousand mitzvahs project to do a thousand acts of kindness. The Jewish word sure. mitzvah means an act of kindness. And I took that on when my father passed, 2007 when my father died. And so that's how I got into this work. And it was two years of looking for little acts of kindness every day. I mean, you get a new habit after what, 21 days sure. that you are looking for ways and opportunities for yourself. So if you want to encourage your listeners to consider, how could I think about this? Number one is just start saying, I want to do a kindness a day. If I made that my plan and I put it on my phone or I put it on my watch or whatever, just as a reminder, like what was your kindness today? You'll start looking for opportunities and ways to do that. And yeah. then suddenly and they'll just start showing up. They're all around you. What we like to do is we go to the Starbucks. It was first thing in the morning. And then I'll ask What's going on behind me there? What did the person order? No, they're buying for the whole office. Yeah. Buy the $2. Yes, exactly. If they're getting a caramel macchiato, I say upsize it, give them a bigger one and put it on our tab. And they do that. Well, one time I went in in the morning and it was like 6.30 in the morning and we started it. I asked them how long it ran for and it said it ran till five o'clock that day where yep. everybody kept paying the one before them. Yep. And it stopped with one gentleman who just bought a coffee. I just had like a $2.80 coffee and I didn't pay it forward, but it still ran good and it was fun to do. No, it is absolutely fun to do. You do feel great. It's a wonderful thing. That's excellent. Now, research shows that elevating kindness within organizations and compassion and empathy can also combat burnout. And there's no doubt about it. You talked about being overwhelmed and we're all facing burnout. So how can we as individuals or businesses elevate it? So we know it's important, but how do we make it a priority within our organizations and elevate the kindness? I think if you're in an organization that doesn't have any kind of a kindness committee or any kind of a group of people Mm, who are coming together to set out, how do we want to do this? Start that. Start some kind of a grassroots group within your organization. You need to have buy-in from leadership. I think if you have an unkind leader at the top and you're trying to do this from the middle of the organization, it may be harder. But if you can get buy-in from the leadership to say, what are 20 kindnesses we could do in our organization? Again, small size doesn't necessarily matter. It doesn't have to be huge. It doesn't have to cost a lot of money. Kindness is something that every one of us has access to. But if you came up with some ways to start that culture of kindness within your organization. It is contagious. That is the cool thing about it. So one of the speeches I did recently was for a hospital again, and it was some nurses who had heard me speak at a nursing conference and they recommended me to their leadership. And in the meantime, they had both taken on sort of little kindness projects that they were going to do within their organization. One put out a basket with some snacks and just some wipes and other little things she knew that her fellow coworkers could use. And the other one actually made some 3D gifts, personalized gift for her coworkers. I had a credit union professional once who heard me and he made slices of kindness for his coworkers and started this ripple effect of slices of kindness as his sort of kindness project. So again, I don't think it has to be big. Lean into whatever your unique gifts are. If you're a manager, you can start yourself. You could get a team together and and begin to grow it that way. Yeah, you start to look around. There's lots of opportunities, even in a neighborhood, if you're cutting your lawn and the neighbor's lawn needs cutting, every once in a while, hey, maybe you do it or you shovel their sidewalk. Particularly if you have a neighbor that maybe you're not getting along with or cranky, be like my roommate in college and polish their shoes, right? Well, we're really glad that you wrote the book, Economy of Kindness. And I know you are busy starting to speak again and you have a blog. We will have all your contact information on the show notes and people will be able to order your book. It's available on Amazon for Linda M. Cohen, The Economy of Kindness and How Kindness Transforms Your Bottom Line. And it's been very enlightening. We know this stuff at heart and I know you've got lots of formulas and processes in which we can do to employ this and 
hopefully have a kinder workplace, but it starts with us and it's something we can all do. And as we're trying to become preferred as organizations or individuals in a market, there is an ROI to it because customers will want to do business with you. It's treating people with respect as you lay out in your work and kindness just goes a long way and it makes for a better planet as well. So really appreciate you being with us here, Linda. Thanks for joining us today on this episode. Thank you so much. It's great to be with you. This podcast is created and associated with Summit Media. My production team is Bess Smith and Kendra Vickers. The fee for the show is that you share it with friends when you find something useful or interesting. Goodbye.